everyone, and welcome to this week's Redeemed Podcast. In this message, Eddie Johnson challenges us to reflect on what it means to believe. We look at John chapter 6 and see that belief means to intimately know God the Father, to trust Jesus, and to have eternal life through the Holy Spirit. You can watch this sermon and get our discussion guide and get activities for your kids at redeem.church. Also, next week, May 17th, is our all-church Zoom call. If you want to join us, go to redeem.church and click on the link at the top of the page. Now let's get into the Word. What's up, Redeemed Church? It's me, your friend, Eddie Johnson. Hey, before we do anything else, I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day to the hardworking moms who aren't just moms, but their moms, their wives, their sisters, their friends, their cousins, their aunties, they're all of that. Happy Mother's Day to the single moms out there working hard to provide for their kids. Happy Mother's Day to military moms who are serving our country, or maybe you're the spouse of a, of a, of a military personnel. Man, thank you so much for all that you do. Happy Mother's Day to the veteran moms out there, to the grandmas, nanas, all that good stuff, whatever the kids call you. Happy Mother's Day to the new moms out there or the moms who are expecting to soon have kids. And happy Mother's Day to those who are yet to be moms or those who are spiritual moms to so many of us. Man, thank you, all of you women, and and the role that you've played in leading us, loving us, serving us, blessing us, encouraging us. Man, thank you, and I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all of you from me, from Redeemed Church. We love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. At the end of this message, I'm actually going to share a special story of of my own mom, Susanna, uh, that's going to tie everything in together. Hey, we're in the midst of this John series where we're doing journal. We're doing our John journal as a church, and we're having a great time doing that. Uh, um, Hope you're participating. Hope you're joining a life group. You've joined a life group, and you're involved in that whole process, and you're digging in to the gospel of John. I'm going to pick us up today in our discussion of John in John chapter 6, and I'm going to pick up right after Jesus feeds the 5,000 people, okay? So this is right after Jesus feeds the 5,000 in John chapter 6. We're going to read out the New Living Translation of the Bible, all right? So I want you to follow along, uh, and and, and if I was going to title this message anything, here's what I would title it, Revisiting What It Means to Believe. I'm going to say that one more time. We're going to revisit what it means to believe. And we're picking up in John chapter 6. This is right after John, or Jesus feeds the 5,000, all right? So that's where we're at. Let me say a quick prayer. Father, be with us as we dig into this word. Show us what you want us to see from this in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 6, verse 14. Here's what happens. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, feeding the 5,000, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we've been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away uh, into the hills by himself. All right, I got to pause right here because this is a really, uh, a really important thing. We've got to lay some groundwork here before we dig in any further. One thing about the Gospel of John that you will see a continual theme in the Gospel of John is you'll see Jesus continually subverts the expectations that people have for him. That people are expecting one thing about Jesus, and he, what he does is he hits them with the okie doke, right? And he does something completely different that either changes their perspective 
of him or enhances their perspective of who he is and who God is. And this is just one time, literally, even physically, they tried to put their hands on Jesus and he hit them with that Steph Curry crossover. And uh, (laughs) he does this a lot of times in the Gospel of John. In John chapter one, when he encounters Philip and Andrew, right, they come and they say, hey, anything good can come from Nazareth. And they see Jesus and they're like, oh, dang, he's the real deal. In John chapter four, when he comes into uh, meeting the woman at the well, this woman who doesn't expect anything from him, he's a Jew, she's a Samaritan, and she all of a sudden walks away realizing, man, this is the man who's told me everything about myself. Even when John begins his gospel, he subverts the expectations. He doesn't introduce Jesus as any other gospel writer does. He starts with a cosmic heavenly, beautiful portrayal of who Jesus is, talking about the word, the logos. Dave talked about that a few weeks ago so beautifully and so eloquently. You see, the gospel of John, John takes a different perspective on how to communicate who Jesus is to his readers than any of the other gospel writers. Now, you got to ask yourselves why. Why is that? Well, I have a couple of thoughts on why I think that's the reason why. Number one is this. You see, the gospel of John was written well after the other four Gospels, excuse me, the other three Gospels um, of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke were all written before 70 AD. Um, The Gospel of John was written sometime between 80 AD and 100 AD, somewhere in that. That's 20 plus years almost of separation between the first Gospel writers and John writing his Gospel. And you got to understand something, in that modern, in that current culture back then, The idea of who Jesus was, his teaching and knowledge about him was common knowledge. People knew about Jesus. They were aware of who he was and they were aware of what he did. And this is almost as if John, now 20 some odd years later, sits back and says, hey, I want to revisit. I want these people to see a new picture of who Jesus is and what he was like and what he did. Uh, This means a lot to me right now because right now uh, it's 2020, May of 2020, and I have been graduated from high school for 20 years. Okay, how many of you guys know once you hit that 20-year mark of graduating from high school, you perceive your life differently? It'd be one thing if you came to me at 22 years old, four years after graduating high school, and you asked me, what was it like growing up? What was it like going to Lakes High School? What was it like growing up in Bronx, New York, and Lakewood, Washington, Tacoma? And if you come back to me now today, 20 years later, and you would ask me, what was it like to do those things? I'd have a different perspective of what my life is like. And that's what John does here. He gives us a different picture of Jesus. He gives you a picture of Jesus that this is what you've always thought. This is what you've always heard. And Jesus is that and so much more. Jesus truly is all that and a bag of chips. All right. That's what I'm trying to say here. All right. And that's what John does in his gospel. He shows a Jesus that is doing so much more than you could ever ask or imagine. All right. So let's pick back up in John chapter six. And let me continue to show you how Jesus does that. Verse 22, Jesus feeds the 5,000. The people are blown away. They're like, whoa, this is the prophet we've been waiting for. And now in verse 22, the next day, this is after Jesus walks on water. The next day, the crowd stayed on the shore um, that the disciples had taken the boat out from, and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. 
several of the boats landed near the place where the Lord had, been, had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got out of the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. Once again, look, Jesus is not where they expect him to be. He's doing something completely different than what the people expected. When they found him in verse 25, this is what they said, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy on eternal things. I titled this message, Revisiting What It Means to Believe. And Jesus right here engages the people. And he says, you're hanging out with me because you thought that what I was doing was why what I came here for. But I've got a bigger picture. I've got bigger plans. You came here for perishable things. I've came here to deliver you eternal things. And this is where the rubber meets the road in this text. In John chapter 6, where Jesus challenges the crowds that are following him, the multitudes that are with him. And he says, you have no idea what I'm doing right now. So here's what happens. In chapter 26, or chapter, chapter 6, verse 28, the people are out, they're out here right now, and they're like, Jesus, all right, okay, all right, we, we, we hear, we understand what you're saying, or at least they think they understand what they're saying. And here's what they replied to Jesus. Verse 28 of chapter 6 in John, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? And verse 29, Jesus hits them with maybe the most important line in the gospel of John. He says these words to them. This is the only work God wants from you to believe in the one whom he sent. Let me say that again. This is the only work God wants from you, and that's to believe. Be Jesus decides to tell these people, you've got to understand something. Everything you thought is one thing. I have come to do something different. I've come to change your paradigm, change your perspective. I've come to elevate what you've thought about God and what you've thought about me. Jesus constantly subverts the expectations that we put on him and God. And this time, when people ask the question, what is it we've got to do? Jesus said, you've got one job, and that's to believe. When I took some time to think about this, I, I, I dug in deep and I, I noticed, I think there's three things. When it comes to believe, if we're going to rethink the way we believe, there's three things that we need to be aware of, three points, three, three uh, thoughts of understanding, uh, three ideas, however you want to say it. There's three things I think we need to hit on as we talk about rethinking what it means to believe. And I think this is what Jesus was getting at. These three ideas is what Jesus was getting at when he told the people uh, these words. You've got one job, and that's to believe. Here's the first point I want to make. When we talk about what it means to rethink the way we believe, point one on what I think Jesus was trying to get across is this. It's number one is to believe means to intimately know the Father. You see, in verse 30, check this out. This is what happens. After Jesus said what he said to the people, he said, you have to believe. You have one job, that's to believe. Here's the next thing that happened, okay? This is key. They answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? The people just wanted to know what Jesus could do. They came because they just wanted to know what he was offering. Here's what they continue to say. After all, our ancestors ate manna while on a journey through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread to eat from heaven. And Jesus replied, Jesus, 
with the wisdom of the world. Once again, subverting their expectations, giving them even more than what they thought they were going to get. He says this, I tell you the truth. It wasn't Moses that gave them bread. It was my father. My father did. And now he offers you true bread from heaven. The bread of God is the, uh, the true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Man, Jesus changed their paradigm, changed their perspective. He said, you thought it was just Moses that was doing it. It wasn't Moses. It was my father in heaven. Moses was just a prophet, a man who was serving and doing the will of my father. Right now in front of you, you've got the perfect representation of my father right in front of you. And if you believe, you would understand that believe doesn't just mean knowing the scriptures, knowing the information, knowing the, the right words to say, knowing the Sunday school answer. You would know that believing means to truly and intimately know the Father, to have his heart. Uh, I think it's interesting because when you really dig in uh, to Jesus and in the Gospel of John, you'll see that continually so many times he makes it clear to the world that he is the perfect representation. He is showing you that what God the Father is doing in heaven, he is here doing it on earth, that he is the representation of the Father. Uh, I, I've been married to my wife about eight years, okay? I'm married to my wife, Kendra. Love you, Kendra, and all that good stuff. And I know there's people who have been married much longer than me, people who have been married a much shorter time than me. Uh, but here's what I've discovered in being married to my wife over the course of eight years is that I am constantly still learning new things about my wife. And as I learn new things about my wife, I find that I love her all the more. Can I tell you the same thing is true about God? The more that you begin to know and understand who God is, the more you start to love him more. Quite frankly, I would actually better say it this way. The more you believe the more you understand and you intimately know who the Father is, why he loves you, what he's all about, you grow to love him all the more. I think believe means to intimately know the Father. The second thing I think what Jesus is trying to get at to believe, it also means just to trust Jesus. Then rethinking our, what it means to believe, believing means to trust Jesus. I'm going to read John chapter 6, verse 29 one more time, but not just a New Living Translation. I'm going to read it in the message because I think this gives us a beautiful picture of what Jesus is trying to say here. In the message version of John chapter 6, verse 29, Jesus said these words, throw your lot in with the one that God has sent. The, that kind of commitment gets you God's work. Jesus says these words in the message, throw your lot in, go all in on Jesus. What it means to believe is to trust Jesus and to go all in. Verse 26 of John, you haven't believed me. This is Jesus' words. You haven't believed in me even though you've seen me. However, those who my father has given me will come to me and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not my own will. And, and this is the will of God that I should not lose even one of the ones he's given me. Jesus is holding on to you. He loves you. He has a plan for you. He's in your corner. He's supporting you. Jesus is, says, I love you so much. All you've got to do is trust me. 
Put your lot in on me. Put everything on me. If you have one job, that's to believe. That means you trust me completely. In rethinking believe, we know the Father intimately. We trust Jesus completely. You know this, that every single chapter of John, Jesus reveals his deity in some way, shape, and form. All right? In, in, in John chapter 4, he tells the woman, I am the Messiah. Right? It, here in John chapter 6, this is the first of the seven I am statements. I am the bread of life. Look throughout every single chapter of John. John is constantly showing you Jesus' deity about who he is so that you as the reader, you can look at him and you say, I can trust that this Jesus is the real deal. I've heard people talk all the time, so many times, that say, you Christians, you guys just have blind faith. You just heed a bunch of words, you see a bunch of things, and you just believe. Can I tell you something, church? I don't think that's the case. I don't think faith is blind. This is what I believe about Jesus. When you look at who he is, according to the Gospel of John, faith is not blind. Doubt is blind. Faith, belief, can see clearly. Let me say that again. Doubt is blind. Belief can clearly see. You see Jesus for exactly who he is, the Son of God, the perfect representation of God here on earth. You can see clearly. Third point, what it means, I think, when we talk about uh, rethinking what it means to believe, knowing the Father intimately, trusting Jesus completely. And lastly, to believe means to have eternal life through the Holy Spirit. All right, now this one's going to, we're going to have to unpack this just a tad bit here, is this. As from a human perspective, right, we all think when we read those words eternal life in the scriptures, we think of something after we die. We think of something that's going to happen once everything is said and done here on earth. Eternal life is the next phase. Church, let me tell you something. That's not true. And that's not how Jesus understood eternal life. Okay, here's a true statement. True statement that you can take to the bank. All right, listen to me when I say this. There once was a time when you didn't exist, but there will never be a time when you don't. Let me say that again. There once was a time when you didn't exist, but there will never again be a time when you don't. This is how Jesus understood eternal life. He said to believe, to believe, to do the one job you have to do means that you have an awareness and an assurance of what eternal life truly is. Verse 41 of John chapter 6. The people began to murmur in disagreement because of what he said. Jesus said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Okay, and they just came and said, yo, bread from heaven. Isn't this the Jesus, the son of Joseph that we know, the father? We, We know his father. We know his mother. How can he say I came down from heaven? But Jesus replied, here's these words. Check this out. Stop complaining about what I said, for no one can come to me unless the father who draws me, uh, unless the father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day, I will raise them up as is written in the scripture. They will be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, only I who is sent from him. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me has eternal life. That's verse 47. Present tense, right now, 
you have eternal life. What is this eternal life he's talking about here? It's, it's a back in reference to Isaiah. This eternal life isn't something that picks up later in the game after you pass away. It's something that you have access to right now. You are someone, someone who believes, someone who has eternal life is someone who's being taught by God the Father, someone who is being connected to God the Father via the Holy Spirit, someone who is God is moving on, is, is doing amazing things in their lives right now. Yes, I am the bread of life. Verse 48, your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from me will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I offer the world may live to world to live is my flesh and blood. Verse 60, we're skipping to verse 60. Many of his disciples said, this is so hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? And here's what Jesus said. The spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. Can I tell you something, church? To believe the way Jesus has told us to believe means that we intimately know the Father. Intimately know the Father. To believe the way Jesus tells us to believe means that we trust him completely because he's the perfect representation of God here on earth. And to believe means that we have an awareness, understanding to be, of eternal life, that we know that we have access to eternal life now, that the Holy Spirit comes in us, guides us, teaches us, moves in us, convicts us, challenges us, motivates us, inspires us, and loves us. Like as a believer that right now that you have the Holy Spirit piping through every single part of your body, every single bone, every single blood vessel, you have the Holy Spirit of God moving and breathing and living inside of you. You have a hyper-interactive God. You have a hyper-interactive uh, uh, God who wants to be with you in every single way, in every single moment of your life. Not just the moment when you die, not just when you need him most, but on an average Tuesday when nothing else is going on, he's fully available, fully engaged, and fully aware. And that's church is what it means to have eternal life. You have all access to God all the time, 24-7, unbridled, no limits, no reservation. Eternal life is being connected with him 100% of the time, all the time, because he loves you, because you believe. Uh, just, it's beautiful that the way Jesus comes to us and reminds us about this. I'm going to wrap up. I want to tell you guys a story about my mom. My mom, Susanna. And my mom, Susanna, is a wonderful, lovely woman who was born in Tottenham, England. Yes, Tottenham, go Hotspurs and all that good stuff. All right? And my lovely mom, Susanna, uh, raised my sister and I with the help of a lot of family members after my dad passed in when I was six years old. And my mom, I saw her work so hard. One of the hardest working people in my life that I've ever observed is my mom. She has done everything she could to take care of her family and to take care of herself. And I am so proud and I love my mom so much because of what she's done. But even with all the things I love about my mom, I discovered growing up that my mom and I, we're different in a few ways. We're, we're similar in a lot of ways, but there's a few key ways where we're very different. One of the ways where we're very different is I am loud and aggressive and crazy and she is quiet and reserved, okay? If you ever meet my mom and I together, you will realize immediately that we are different in that regard. Another way that we are different is I'm very, uh, I'm a words of affirmation guy. 
If you know me, I'm constantly telling people, I love you, high fives, hugs. My mom is not that way. She's not someone who often says those words, I love you. Matter of fact, as I got older, as I matured in my life, one day it hit me that I don't remember the last time I heard my mom say those words, I love you. And we talked about it and we, and, and we talked about why that was the case and, 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 and all those things. But, but here's what I realized. As someone who's a person of words of affirmation, who needs to hear, I love you from time to time, I stopped for one moment and thought, how is it that I know my mom loves me even though I rarely hear her say it? And here's how I know my mom loves me even though I rarely hear her say it. Is because my mom, the one thing you don't know about her, is my mom was the queen of pillow fights. Yeah, you heard me. My mom was the queen of pillow fights. I remember so many times when I'd be in my room playing video games, playing with my toys, my mom would walk into my room and she would sneakily reach her arm around on my bed and she would grab a pillow and out of nowhere she would just bang, hit me with a pillow. And then all of a sudden in my house, my mom, my sister and I would erupt one giant family pillow fight all over, in my room, in my sister's room, in the living room, all over the place, one giant pillow fight would erupt. And every single time I'm sit there and I wonder, what is it like to feel the love of my mom? My thoughts don't go to what she said, my thoughts go to what she did. She'd start a pillow fight with me. Church, can I tell you something? I think something similar is very true about Jesus is we go through our life and we don't fully understand, we don't fully get what's going on in life. We have expectations of God, we have expectations of Jesus that we think God must be like this, God must be like that. And, and, and if we don't have our expectations meet, what it does is it messes with us. Well, if God's not like this and God's not like that, well, maybe he doesn't love me. If God's not like this and God's not like that, maybe my faith isn't real. Church, can I tell you something? Jesus comes to you and says simply this, in the midst of it all, in the midst of the lack of understanding, in the midst of the confusion, in the midst of the frustration, you have one job, that's to believe. Whenever you feel like you, it doesn't make sense, you draw closer to the Father and get to know him more intimately because you will realize the more you know him, the more you love him. That, that when it doesn't make sense and the world is going crazy, here's your one job, to trust Jesus. And when things aren't adding up and you feel so unstable, to believe means that you have eternal life through what the Holy Spirit has done. You have an assurance and an awareness and you have access to God. Why? Just because you believe. That's it. You've got one job, church. So in this season of pandemic and online church and confusion, Here's my encouragement to you. Ask yourself this, where are some areas in my life where I need to believe God, I need to believe Jesus in new and greater ways? Let me pray for you. Father, be with us today. Be with us in our life. Be with us as we journal in John. Be with us as we stay safe, as we stay at home, as we stay linked together, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or over the course of the social media, over the internet, Lord, God, would you reveal to us your love for us, your plan for us, and show us how great you are and how much you are even bigger than what we understand you to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Hey, I said it before, I'll say it again. I love you, God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. 
Thanks for listening to this week's Redeemed Church podcast. If you want to receive prayer or need anything from the Redeemed community, please visit us at redeemed.church. You can get the latest from Redeemed by signing up for our email newsletter, following us on Instagram, or liking our Facebook page. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, and Spotify. Thanks for joining us this week.